in today's show. I'm going to be taking your questions and I'm going to be doing it with a special guest. And it's not just Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball and Substack JoshLloyd48.Substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you. For making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This guy doesn't have much time. He's got a very busy day. Lots of weird stuff going on in his life. There's always stuff happening. There's always chaos. It is the man from Los Angeles, Danny California himself, Daniel Besbris Jr. How are you? Oh, my goodness. I am... uh surviving josh how are you today <laughs> i am i'm good and i am very appreciative that you've been able to carve out some time in your day with kids and dogs and works and all sorts of things going on in your life to come here and answer fantasy questions from all of the fantasy sickos that are here um with those questions dan and i know you don't have much time so we're just going to bang straight in let's just talk about the number one thing that's happening at the moment big steph curry is out joseph kim says whoa says curry is out for a few weeks is Dante DiVincenzo a must-roster player in a 12-team, nine-cat league? Daniel, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, with, with Wiggins out as well, I feel like this kind of has to be at least a, a temporary yes. Uh, what I was saying on on my own show was that, you know, it's a possibility that that Wiggins comes back first and, and maybe DiVincenzo takes a, a backseat at that point. And I think on that day, you could probably just kind of wait and see for a game. But, you know, in between there, my, my short answer is yes. Yeah, mine is too. Like, yeah, I agree that when Wiggins returns, like DiVincenzo goes and plays maybe 26 minutes or something like that. And that might be enough. It might not be enough. But as I try and preach all the time, like if you wait, someone else is going to get him. And then if it works out, you miss him, right? It's in a, in a roto situation might be a little bit different in a head to head. Like that's what you have a streaming spot for. Like take a chance on him. See what happens. You might get two really good games and then he might go back to being a borderline guy. Then you can say, see you later if it doesn't work out, but it might work out. He might play 29 minutes. He might play literally the Jordan Poole minutes, the 29 minutes a roll, uh, 29 minutes a night roll coming off the bench and be useful for three weeks. Who knows? The other guy, just this just dropped now, Daniel. I'm pretty sure it's going to be in the chat somewhere, so I'll find the question. Uh, here it is. Lucky Repair says, Clinker Pala is out one to two weeks. Is Hunter or a Kongwu a pickup? Well, it's not Hunter. It's a Kongwu, I think, yeah. really, really clear. I don't, I don't see why you, you would consider Hunter an option there. Yeah, yeah, that one's... Uh, this one, I, I love a good easy one. It's just, this is a softball question. Well, well let's uh, make it harder then, Dan. Do you add DiVincenzo or a Kongwu? I go a Kongwu. I do too. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a safer one-to-one thing. There's so many, they're so rare these days when you have that like one-to-one replacement in the NBA. And so when this one's like cut and dry you just do it and then with DiVincenzo you've got these question marks floating around him and and with Okongwu you don't yeah exactly and I talk about this on the show quite a bit is that you're right there aren't many one-to-ones there's one-to-ones a point guard gets out a point guard replaces him a center goes down a center replaces him usually if any shooting guards small forwards or power forwards go down 
there's not one replacement. There might be three guys who get five extra minutes each because all of those positions become relatively interchangeable. A three can push up to the four, a three can push down to a two, a two can push up to a three. It's not like, well, my shooting guard, Bradley Beal is now injured, so someone comes in and goes from zero minutes to 35 minutes. It doesn't work like that. Like Denny Avdia gets five extra minutes and Kispert gets six extra minutes and bloody Will Barton gets 10 minutes and yeah, it's all it's all over the place. So we're trying to work that out. But if a point guard goes down, John Morant, Ty Jones plays 35 minutes. Yeah. If a center That's goes down... If a center goes down, Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark plays 28 minutes. Like that, that is the easy stuff. And that's exactly where we are here. With and I know Steph's a point guard, but Jordan Poole takes that role. So DiVincenzo moves into the backup two slash three slash one. And there's minutes, but it's not it's not great. It's not as yeah. good. It's solid. It's not as good. Yeah, Draymond's running a bit of their point anyway. So it's kind of like a little wishy-washy with Golden State. It absolutely is wishy-washy with Golden State, but they are the two big things that have just happened um this morning. All right. Michael says, and this is a, a common question that I get and will see a lot, not necessarily just with this situation, Dan, is that with LaMelo back, how does that impact PJ Washington? Is it more open looks or less usage? It's a great question. It's probably both, actually. Uh, his usage is going to be lower, but his, look, his looks are going to be more open. Um, I wouldn't freak out about it. I mean, I think that he speeds them up, actually. So you may see more possessions over the course of a game with that team. You know, Usage does tend to pretty much equate to value, so maybe everybody takes a, a hit in some capacity, but different positions will take a bigger hit than others. PJ's not the guy that I'd be expressly concerned about with LaMelo coming back. I think I'll tell you what, uh, you, you touched on it there about usage and being that, that a key part of stuff is that people tend to try and find a, a multitude of different angles with things. And they'll be like, oh, well, now LaMelo's back. He's going to have easier looks and his field goal percentage will go up. And... Yeah, but not always. Like sometimes that just doesn't happen. We've seen it time and time again of guys going to better situations and go, well, now that they'll just play off ball and they'll be able to shoot better. And like now DeJounte doesn't have to have the, all of the ball handling. So he'd be able to improve all his shooting numbers. Well, they've actually gone down. And yeah, Trey Young can play off ball. He can do more catch and shoot. And his shooting has gone down. And Kemba Walker went to Boston to play alongside Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And now he doesn't have to carry the offense. And his shooting percentages stayed exactly the same. So better looks despite logic telling us, oh yeah, he'll just be fed these easy passes. It doesn't really work that way. Whereas the biggest influence is usage. And that, that is the big thing. So someone or many people are going to lose usage and touches with LaMelo ball back. Now for PJ, I wouldn't say PJ was getting by Dan on huge usage anyway. So the impact right. on him is probably not as big. I think the impact is going to come more from someone like a Jalen McDaniels who put up the biggest ever tease, sell high, show in the window yesterday <laughs> ever like i thought like this guy's going to lose all value all right i'm going to play 35 minutes and i'm going to shoot like 70 percent so that a lot of people can go see his value didn't drop uh, that is the biggest massivest sell high it, it's it's the perfect situation if you're trying to dump Jalen mcdaniels on someone yeah. when he puts up a game like that when lamello returns this isn't a question here maybe the reason i haven't seen it but i'm going to ask you anyway what do you um what do you think about gordon hayward what are we doing with him yeah, you know, I'm not that excited about him. He, he got up to kind of an okay start this year, uh, but his free throw number has been weirdly low. His turnover number has been weirdly high, and it's created this, like, 140 range number for him where the, the numbers, like, they don't really seem to add up to where he is. Um, he's not a guy that I'm chasing down. He's likely to be hurt again in the next two weeks. We know this about Hayward. He hasn't played more than about three straight weeks in, I don't know, what are we at, four-ish years now? Mm -hmm. I think so. Um, you know, if you got something 
with zero ability on your team, I think you've cut bait for him. But there's all these things going on right now. Porzingis is out, so you got Gafford. You got we talked about Okongwu. I think I'd actually rather go with one of these streamers that has that like 50, 75 upside than a guy like Hayward, who we just we haven't seen it from. And frankly, he's looked slow to me this year. It didn't. It didn't look right. I I would still take the flyer on him because I, I yeah look someone like Jalen Duran. Yes, I get it. Uh, we'll talk about him more in a second, I think. But like someone like a Gafford, you you literally might get one game out of him, and you might get one game of top seventy value. You might get more, but Haywood at least has a chance that if he stays healthy for six weeks or eight weeks, you might get a top eighty run for that long. And I think there's just the probability there to me suggests that that's the direction I would rather go. Saying I've got yeah, Puzingas is not out multiple weeks at this point, so I think I'd rather have the chance of someone giving me that higher top 100 numbers for the next two months, uh, acknowledging that I got him for free off the waiver wire. And if he gets hurt, it doesn't matter. But finding someone who, if he stays healthy, huge if, big if, probably unlikely, like you can't find like a, a top 90 upside player just sitting on the wire who's there, who you, you know who's going to have a role unless he gets hurt. I, I find that hard to to see occurring very often during the season. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. You just sort of looked... Something looked wrong about his game this year. I can't put my finger on it even. Yeah, no, he, look, his shooting was weird. I think he, he wasn't even hitting free throws. He was at like 65% or something like that, I think, yeah. before he got injured, which is weird because he's always been an elite free throw shooter. So that's why I'm expecting some improvement there. But yeah, I grabbed him in the one league of mine where he was available because he came back earlier than expected. And we'll see what happens. We'll get back to some questions in a second. But today's episode, I've got to tell you that you are, it's, it's holiday season. So you might be sitting there with your friends, drinking some beers. A few might become a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. But it is a big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? Well, even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill somebody. Everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are often tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Today's episode is also brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy, but it's not traditional daily fantasy. Dan, I know you hate traditional daily fantasy with salary caps and going up against thousands of people and trying to fit these guys in. This is this is what you love. It's player props. You get those guys in there. It's in individual lines. Luka Doncic, 25 and a half points. Go over or under. Bang. Christian Wood, over or under. Eight and a half rebounds. Choose it. You can do up to two to six of those. Put them into one lineup. And you can win up to 25 times your entry fee. It's available in over 30 US states and in Canada. You can get your entry done in under 60 seconds. And it's not just the NBA. Dan, all the big sports are in there. NFL, NHL, college basketball, college football. Are you a big disc golf fan, Dan? Uh, I can't say that I've... <laughs> <laughs> nah, disc, disc golf, seriously. I, this this uh, Price Picks introduced me to disc golf, and I started watching some highlights. It's pretty good stuff, but you can do... You have a show. We have a disc golf show at Sports Ethos, which I am very excited about. That is, I've only seen that one that highlight is wild. that was making the rounds like two weeks ago where the guy... <laughs> I don't know, is that called a hole-in-one in disc golf? It, it probably is. Disc golf is sick, and you can do player props on disc golf on PricePix. So download the PricePix app. Go to 
Bet.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PriceWix gives you $100. If you deposit $50, guess what? They give you $50 as well. Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Redos. All right, let's get back to questions here. Danny, let's see what's flooded in. Um, are we dropping Tim Hardaway now? I'm not. Uh, he was truly horrible yesterday. <laughs> there's, there's no way to sugarcoat that. But he's also had a, he a six-game stretch where he hit five three-pointers, and guys like that run streaky. So you, know, you can try to get cute, start him when he's warm, and bench him when he's not. But over that stretch, he's been in the you know 60 to 90 range. So I'll hang on. He's starting, and he's getting a crap ton of shots. He is, except, well, yes, he didn't. He had like five shots, I think. But this is, there's so many of these guys around, Dan. Like, you know, you've got a Malik Beasley who's hot at the moment. You have guys, like in the past, it was like a Jordan Clarkson, someone who's just, they're just points and threes, that's it. And they're wildly hot and cold. And we saw now that they've moved Reggie Bullock back into the starting lineup for the second half of last game. And he serves a similar role to Hardaway. So if Hardaway gets cold and they can go with more Bullock and Finney Smith, it's it's a little bit tenuous to me. Like I think that it's totally fine to have him and hold him. It's been a really strong run. It was also a dreadful run for seven weeks. So yeah, which one do we wait more higher? Um, he's had, like, I think, two stinkers out of his last three or four games. I don't mind it either way. The opportunity is there, but he's definitely not someone I'm going, yes, this is my guy, and I'm holding on to Tim Hardaway for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the moment he gets put on the bench, you cut bait. Like that second, you do it. Mm. because and it, and it probably will happen if they go on a three-game losing streak with him in the starting five. Uh, but as long as he's starting, I'm, I'm hanging with him. Ryan Porteous says, would you drop Jaden Ivey to take a flyer on Jalen Duran in a 12-team points league? Now, that's a specific question, but I think we can just talk a little bit more about Ivey and Duran's value in general here as well, Dan. Yeah, that is that is a specific one. I, I think points league, I probably lean more towards Ivey because all of his issues sort of get wiped off the table due to that setting. Agree. Um, I, like, I like them both in points leagues, but I like Ivey more. Duran's the guy for me in a category format. Uh, by a pretty good chunk. With Ivy, you're going to get that same kind of rookie uh, curve where things probably start to even out in January or February, and then he becomes really interesting in in perhaps all formats, but you're getting something out of him now in points leagues, and with Duran, you may or may not. You know, like a 7.11 rebound game in a points league is just not that useful in a way that with Ivy, you know, 15, 5, and 5 on five for 20 shooting and, and three of eight at the foul line. That's actually still a good line. So yeah. I'll go. Ivy I, I agree. Ivy and points league pretty clearly to me, like the two biggest things that contribute, contribute to points league value is minutes and usage. Like really clearly you get those two things solid and you get good points league value. That's, that's a really straight correlation. Um, with Duran, I think it's really important to note that like a lot of people see last game, Dan, they go like 19 rebounds or whatever he had in the three blocks. And it's great. His blocks haven't been very high this season. Um, they think, oh, finally, he's been unleashed. But the reason he got those minutes was Marvin Bagley got hurt. Now, he's going to start, he's going to play 25 plus, probably 28 every night. But I think there are some people who will misinterpret those big minutes from last game and go, well, now he's going to be a 32-minute-a-night center every night. He's finally been unleashed, blah, blah, blah. Like, so there is there is a potential, like, yes, grab Jalen Drew, but there is a potential that based off that game, He's overvalued because sometimes people get a little bit blind. They go, yeah, they've done it. He's unleashed. He's their lottery center. They're going to run with him, run him into the ground. There's big minutes coming here. This is what they're doing every game. Like, no, like they're actually reducing the minutes of Jaden Ivey at the moment. We've seen Sadiq Bay barely touch the court. Like this is, this was because Marvin Bagley was hurt and Marvin Bagley might remain hurt. But if he's healthy, 
these dickheads in Detroit will still somehow, for some reason, try and force him into 22 minutes, meaning Duran can't play 30 minutes because, you know, you got to always try and you know, develop your fifth-year second overall pick bust who can't defend or pass or shoot or really do anything any good. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't disagree with you. I've had people yelling at me oh, uh, me in my mentions about, about my, my Marvin Bagley. I'm not going to grab him stuff. And uh, same deal. I think I actually sent a tweet last night that was like, hey, this Duran game was fun, but you should actually probably sell right now. And that's the hardest time to do it, but that's exactly the time you should. Yep. You, you sh- look, it really depends on you know, who, what the other people are valuing, but there will be someone in some league somewhere who looks at that and goes, yep, it's 30 a night, we're going, we're rolling. The bloke shot 25% from the field last game as well. So uh, th- that could have that line could have been even better, but to expect 30, and it was overtime, to expect 36 minutes a night from Jalen Duran, like you're just not going to get it. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's just not going to happen. Even if Bagley is out for the season with an injury, which we don't expect, it was soreness. So just be really cautious in... Um, overvaluing what happened in that last game is what I would say there. Handsome Squidward, what are you doing with Zubats at this point? Should we be looking to get rid of him? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, he got off to that rip-roaring start this year, and I think we all looked at it and went, hmm, almost three blocks a game? That feels like a number that might come down for Ivica, mm-hmm. and it has. And now he's very much a sort of plodding, low-end center. We've seen the games where they've gone small, uh, and he's gotten 16 minutes and it looks a lot like previous year's Zubats, even without Isaiah Hartenstein backing him up this year. Um, you know, to answer the specific question, should we be looking to get rid of him? I, I don't think you can when a guy is slumping, at least not like to get anything back for him. If he has a few games in a row, maybe against teams that run big, that might be your opportunity to try to cash in. I actually don't mind streaming his slot. I think he probably does settle in the 100 to 125 range when all is said and done. Um, I don't know. Did that hit most of it? Probably. Yeah, that's sort of where I am with it as well because one thing I appreciate about the Clippers is the there was a level of transparency as to what they they were saying. So we saw a lot of this happening with Zubats early, like big minutes, and Ty Lu or someone reporting sources from Ty Lu saying that, you know, we heard everything in the offseason. They're going to go small. They're going to go small. Covington and Batum are going to be their backup centers and Morris, and that's going to limit Zubats' upside. So we all looked at it and went, okay, well, Zubats isn't going to play 30 minutes. He'll be like a 26-minute-a-night center. They're going to run small so much. And then he was playing 33 a night. We go, well, we look stupid. And then they went out and said, well, no, the reason we can't play small is because Kawhi and PG are out. And yeah, we'll deploy small ball when they come back. And yeah, fair enough. And they came back, and Zubats plays 20 minutes a night. And you go, oh. All right, thanks for telling us. Thanks for actually being accurate. I, I trust nothing that a coach says. But that but that was accurate. <laughs> never. <laughs> you, you know, you, you never you, and the other thing you never trust Dan is when a player says, "No, nah, I'm fine. My injury's all right." Paul George, "No, nah, I'm, yeah. I'm right. I'm ready to go next next game 3 weeks out." Like <laughs> weeks out. <laughs> like you just never, never trust a single thing they say. Um oh, so no, when it you, wasn't that long ago we got accurate injury reporting. I feel like it was like 2017. <laughs> That's not that long ago. Who's who's the worst? What's the worst team for you with injury reporting? Oh, is it Memphis? It used to be. Toronto? I, th- I think it's Orlando. I think it's pretty. I think it's Orlando. Like, oh, what- you know, Orlando gets away with it because, and I mean this with all due respect. No, you're right. People don't really care because they're at the bottom of the standings. It's a team near the top that are screwing with it, that they're gonna, they're going to get the the microscope. They there must be something there where reporters. No offense to the, these reporters, but I know some of them try to do some work. Kobe Price is doing a little bit of work over there with this, but like, yeah, why hasn't right. why has no one in three years said, "Hey, an ACL recovery is twelve months. Why has John Isaac been out for three years?" Any 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 setbacks? Anything happening? Any any idea what what we're doing here? Like, has no one ever asked that question? Like, and he's apparently he's fine, but there's still no timetable for his return. 
Like any, anything. Like every every Jalen Suggs got ankle sore. So what does that mean? Nah, don't worry about it. He's sore. Yeah. Wendell Carter? Exactly. Nah, he'll be back at some point. A KK? Nah, his knee sore. What does that mean? Nah, I'm not telling. All right. Like no one tells you anything. Like that, that they are the they are the worst team yeah, to try and figure out a, what's going on. Yeah. Um, Memphis Very, Memphis yeah. was terrible, but I think they're a little bit better. Orlando, horrific. Uh, okay. Speaking of Orlando, Mama Yama says, can we reasonably expect a 20-minute role for John Isaac at the beginning of the new year? <laughs> I legitimately have no idea. I wish I had an idea. I don't have any idea. Like, to be basically, I mean, they, they basically said he's fine and they still don't have a timetable for his return. Uh, I'm inclined to believe they bring him along slower than any player's been brought along in the history of basketball. That it's going to be like eight minutes for a week and then like 12 for a week. So, you know, New Year's in, what is it, 17 days now? I'm going to say no. I don't yeah. think he's at 20 minutes yet. I uh, I think there is no way that we're hitting 20 minutes before February. And even, like, I, I just don't think it's worth worth holding him, really, unless you are in a situation where your bench is an extended injured slot, like a weekly league or a roto league. But even then, I, I honestly don't see it happening. Got more questions to get to, but I'm going to tell you guys about Bet Online, the number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, trends, and analysis for all professional and amateur leagues out there. Pro football, college, bowl season, basketball, the World Cup final between Argentina and France. The only two teams to beat Australia, by the way. They've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the easiest and fastest way to get your betting info. If we look at, at um, NFL odds for whatever week this is, the Houston Texans love looking at the Texans. They're so exciting. They are nine-point underdogs against the Tennessee Titans. So if you're interested in that thing on, or interested in that game on Christmas Eve, you can have a look to see how much Texans can actually lose by. BetOnline, by the way, oh no, head to the website today. That's what I meant to say. Or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Back to questions. Um, why is Robert Covington not getting any playing time? That's actually a really good question. Honestly, the Clippers are just too deep. And then we also heard that he was going through some mental stuff in the offseason. I don't want to completely discount that. Um, it I think feels like maybe a massive part of it. Behind the scenes. I think that's yeah. a massive part of it. Like we heard a lot of that. Actually, you know what? We didn't hear a lot of it. We heard like one or two things and most people completely ignored it. Um, and they've just got other options. And this is... Yeah, there were so many of these guys getting drafted at like pick 100, 120 in drafts like Covington and Powell and Jackson and Wall. Because there's just too many guys, guys. Like, there's just too many of these guys that it's not that they can't establish themselves. It's that if any little thing happens, oh, it's a bad matchup. Oh, they're struggling with their shot. There's seven guys they can put into that position. Oh, you have Norman Powell's having a bad game, Dan. Well, let me throw Luke Kennard in there. Oh, what about Terrence Mann? What about BJ Boston? What about Amir Coffey? What about Nick Batum? What about Marcus Morris? Every dickhead on that team is interchangeable. And even the point guards, they play them together at times as well, or they play none of them, or they have a center or they play no centers. There's, yeah, they're all kind of good. Every, everyone is 13 blokes who are good on that team. And as soon as something needs to be changed, which is fine with coaching wise, like that's, you know, you play what you need to do to, to win, then like move those guys around and, and put someone else in. It makes it really hard to uh, continue to feel like there is value in those guys. So I think there's, a, to answer the Covington question, A, he's not as good as he used to be. B, there are other players there. C, the mental stuff I'm sure is part of it. And that's that's really that's really it. Batum is outplaying him at the moment as that backup center role. Um, okay. 
By the way, Batum's been really good as you're going to your next question. Yeah, he has been. Look, I do you think he's a 12 team out? I'm I'm pretty I'm on the fence well. I think he might be, especially today with George and Kawhi out. I think he's worth a look. He's his last four or five yeah. games have been great. I don't know that it lasts. In fact, I'm pretty confident it doesn't, but it's a nice little he's run. Gonna get hurt. He's yeah. gonna get hurt. Now last year was the same thing. He had about four or five games of playing 30 minutes, and then they sort of had to just dial him down to like 20 for a couple of weeks. But I did add him in a couple of spots, full disclosure, and I'll probably play him. Until they're like, oh, yeah, Nick is very sore because he's old man age and you just can't play that many minutes for three weeks in a row. But, you know, that again, that's an easier thing on the Roto side, too, because I can just whatever. I'll squeeze some top whatever games out of him, 60, 70, and move on when he's sore. I'm uh, sore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I getting up the stairs every day, man. I'm too old for this. Um, all right. Here's a question, Dan, that is definitely going to push your buttons. Gurup oh. Basharan says, Al Horford, can he still be a 12-team must roster player when Rob Williams returns? Yeah, he can, of actually. Course, of he course he can. Year. Of course he can. I get this question all the time. I had someone, I, I, I don't know what the question was, but someone asked, like, hey, do I, um, oh, fuck, who was the guy? I can't remember who it was. Uh, I've got, I got to find this because... Yeah, the, can I rant while you're looking it up? Go ahead. I've got a, I got one in the chamber ready to go. And so I'm, I'm going to put a little bit of this on Yahoo uh, because they're... Uh, little tags on Horford constantly and consistently talk about how disappointing he's been this year. And I keep looking back, like, (laughs) am I looking at the same ranking board as like he was in the fifties before he went on a short slump and then got COVID. I'm like, okay, so like someone is looking for something different than I am. And they consistently talk about how he's not going to have a role when Rob Williams is back. And I'm like, okay, so this is why everybody hates him, even though he's actually been kind of decent so far this year. So there's a lot of fear around him. He was perfectly good last year as the four for like 60 ball games. Uh, all right, rant over. Did you find it? <laughs> I did. Someone asked me, hey, um, should I drop Zach Collins to pick up Al Horford? It's like, what are we doing? Like, what's what's happening in these like what's happening in these leagues? What do we what do people think is happening with Al Horford when Rob Williams comes back? Have you seen how bad the Celtics look in comparison when Horford is out? Like these been horrible. The last three games, they have been not good. And it's not all on Al Horford, but it's some of it on Al Horford not being there. Yeah. And yeah, you know, what are they going to do? Bench him so they play more Grant Williams or Derek White who's struggling? Like, it's just, it's, I just don't think it is. Like, the guy who loses out or the guys that lose out from Rob Williams returning to me are White, Brogdon, and Grant Williams. Like, really clearly, they're just not going to have that same role. Horford and Williams will be their starting front court. It took them to the NBA Finals. It made them the best team in the NBA from January onwards. And there's no evidence to suggest that having Horford come off the bench behind Williams is better for that team at all. Maybe that happens. There's no evidence to suggest that though. Nope. Yep. So yeah, Al, with you. Al Horford's a must roster great. player. Don't, yeah. worry, don't worry about Rob Williams coming back. It's fine. He'll be okay. It's it. <laughs> well, well, uh, yeah, it, he'll be fine. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. I'm really glad that that was the tack there. I've been doing a lot of podcasting lately about trying to calm everybody down. That's like got to be the thing lately. Everyone's in a full blown panic about everything these days. So we analysts, we got to come together just, pull everybody to a big campfire and say, yeah, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Yep. We can, we can have a little bit of patience with stuff, but do you have patience with Alexei Pokashevsky? No, not <laughs> at all. I'm, I'm full on done with the yeah, Oklahoma same. city roulette wheel. Fuck I'm that. Like, every, you can't put, you can't put, okay, well let, let's, okay. So Poku, we say 12 team. If he gets hot, like try it and then piss him off later on. What are you yeah. thinking about Jalen Williams? So that's that I almost got suckered in this morning as I was going through my stuff. And, and honestly, while Jeremiah Robinson Earl is out, Jalen Williams probably does have a relatively safe number of minutes. 
And I say that knowing full well that he's going to play like six in the next small game. And I'm going to sound like a total moron, but he's probably safe for the, the at least the short future. Um, I don't know if there's enough stuff for him to do yet, but he is easily the safest uh, member of the OKC roulette wheel right now. Yeah, look, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm a little bit different. I, I think that he is absolutely worth having because even at the moment in his worst games or his bad games, he's like a 14-team league guy. And we just expect that as a rookie, he continues to improve and improve and improve. And with the injury to Robinson Earl, he will stick around. Like I don't think he's going to play less than 27 minutes. And I think he's going to stay. And to be honest, Dan, don't let a lot of people hear this. I think he's a better player than Lou Dort already. And I think that you'll find this switch over pretty quickly that it becomes Dort, uh, sorry, uh, Giddy, Shea, and Williams, not Giddy, Shea, and Dort as their main three guys. And I reckon we might be getting there already. I don't know that we're fully there, but I think that's going to happen relatively soon. And he's already got that a sort sweet. of he's already got a sort of stable base now with Robinson Earl out. Look, I could, could be completely wrong, and they bench him for eighteen minutes so that Aaron Wiggins can come in and do some nonsense. I don't know, but <laughs> I'm feeling like it's just it's just a constant like push up. Every little game, there's just one little thing pushing up, one pu- pushing up. Even if he goes to the bench, he still plays 27, and we're getting that production push-up. So you've got to be in a strong position in a league is what I think. Like, if you're sitting ninth in your league, holding on to him, going, oh, just wait, just wait, like it's going to be too late for you, much like yeah. it is with Keegan Murray or Jaden Ivey or Benedict Mather and all these guys who are producing subpar production. You can't wait in that situation. We're eight weeks, nine weeks in. Like, you can't wait another eight weeks for something to come good. But if you can can we work on a term today to the, like the big thing to come out of this mm-hmm. streamer streamer with benefits but where a, like an SWB that's right because he's in there right now he's got Jeremiah Robinson Earl out so the minutes are really locked in and when he comes back Robinson Earl it's possible that Williams still brings benefits to the table yep SWB let's even get it get it to stick Danny um, just for everyone who is watching this live, Devin Booker is playing today and DeAndre Ayton is out. So there you go. Ayton out, Booker in. Um, that's the news that we just copped then. And I reckon, Dan, that's the 30 minutes up. So I'm going to say thank you to you for being here and for carving out this time to answer questions from people. Tell people what uh, what you've got doing that they can go find out or they can go check out. First of all, thank you for dealing with my obtuse schedule. Uh, it moves so much and there are, yes, animals and children that are sick and different. I- I'll tell everybody the story on Twitter. Uh, that's that's the only thing I'm pushing. My Twitter handle, at Dan Basperis. I'm going to tweet some truly disgusting things about my family over there later today. That's, I mean, what more of a tease could you want? Well, shout out. Everyone go subscribe to his Only Dan's and you can get all of the discuss. Oh. <laughs> Is that, that's not what you meant about discussing things about your family? Right, fine. Go check out Dan's Twitter. Go check out Dan's podcast. Go check out everything that Dan does. Danny, thank you for coming on and, uh, and chatting with me. Thank you, Josh. Guys, don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave those comments down below. Subscribe, and you know what to do. Just a little flick that little bell. That really helps me out a lot. It also helps on YouTube. Guys, thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.